Welcome to today's episode of Crossroads Conversations. I'm here with pastors Robert Mullins and Greg Goslin, and I'm Ricky Kennedy. Sunday's sermon was from 1 Samuel 17. Uh, we talked about the great story of David and Goliath. Man, what a great, what a great day Sunday was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was awesome. Yeah. Just a great day all around, I think. I agree. From the music, sermon, everything perfect. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned was that we are in a war. Right. So the quote, which I loved, was battle-ready confidence can only come from the Lord. Robert, would you talk us through a little bit more about kind of where that quote came from and sure. what you were what you were thinking there? Well, you know, just to back up for just a minute, you think of the story of David and Goliath, and everybody knows the story, right? The little kid basically comes in from the field to bring some peanut butter sandwiches to his brothers and stuff, fighting. And, and the reality is nobody can stand against this Philistine giant. And David's like, hey, what's the big deal? Like, God's on our side. I've got this, so... Just send me in, coach, you know, and they try to put the armor on him. They try to do all this stuff. They first of all tell him he can't do it. But then, you know, he's like, I don't need all your stuff. I just need God. What a great, I mean, is that not just enough right there? You know, and so the phrase is funny because you sent me that in a text earlier. The battle ready confidence only comes from the Lord. Mm hmm. And, you know, every occasionally, I guess, we, we preachers do get those great one-liners, right, that roll out, and that certainly is one, but I'll tell you, it didn't come from me. Um, you know this, Ricky, because we've talked about it, but in my sermon prep, my final stage of sermon prep happens between 8 and 10 on Sunday mornings, and it's, I just sit in my office with my notes, and I clear out everything except for space in between each bullet point, and I just take notes and write from the Holy Spirit. I just pray that God would add or take away whatever he wants to. And I literally wrote that on my sermon notes that I stood up to preach that morning. God spoke to me. You can't be battle ready unless it's with me. And, and the reality is what God was saying was the reminder that Paul talks about that our enemies, not flesh and blood is principalities of darkness and that we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a war and that is so critical to remember. We're look, we're just good old Southern Baptists. Let's get together, let's high five each other, let's handshake, let's get a donut, let's get a cup of coffee and you know, let's just sing some and do whatever. But the reality, y'all, we're in a war. We're in a spiritual battle. Satan is here to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's a deceiver and a liar. That's what he does, how he does it. And he hadn't changed. He that's just his MO, right? And when you prep for the day, you've got to be that that mindset. I love what Tony Evans says. He says uh, that when you put your feet on the floor out of the bed that morning, that Satan says, oh, crap, he's up, you know. (laughs) And uh, that's the mentality. I want that to be the case, you know. Oh, no, he's awake, and, you know, he's, he's ready for battle. He's coming for me, and, you know, that's true, too. We can't. You know, we don't want to sit back and just be attacked by Satan all day. David went to the fight, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he took the fight to Goliath, and we have to be spiritually ready to do that. The only way to do it is with the Lord. And Greg, you were talking about the the chronological study and just reading God's Word. What do you think about that being 
spiritually ready for the battle. Well, I think, you know, the main way God speaks to us is through through his word. And if we're not reading his word, like you said a couple of weeks ago in a sermon, if we're not praying and we're not reading his word and we are not attending church, then we wonder how come we're getting beat up and how come mm. we're not hearing God speak. Right. I've loved this chronological study. How many times as a pastor do you think I've read the Bible through? I can't even count the number of times. But this has made it so real mm. and it's been incredible. And the life of David is, is, is an amazing story of success and failures, and yet he was a man after God's own heart, which is spectacular. Wow. And I think about the, the text from Peter when it says, don't consider it a strange thing when the fiery darts of the enemy are, are thrown at you. Um, in the midst of, of your day, whenever something happens and it, and, you know, and it hits you and it's, you know, it's a bad thing, um, I mean, it very well could be spiritual warfare, and I think the way that we are ready to face that and we acknowledge it for what it is, whatever it may be, is by not just spending, like, I think one thing is spending time with God in prayer and in the Word. Maybe it's in the morning. For me, the best time is in the morning. But also what my wife reminds me of all the time is don't leave God in at your house in the morning. You know, That's right. Stay, yeah. like, remember everything through whatever you're doing, the little things or the, the busyness of life. Remember that Jesus is right there with you and, you know, acknowledge him at all times. And uh, I think that's, I mean, a good way to defend yourself and just be alert and aware of kind of what's going on yeah. spiritually. I think I think the problem we have is most of us forget that it is actual a spiritual warfare that we are at battle with Satan and a lot of times we're at battle with each other mm. when we are not each other's enemy not That's us right. let me just say this for clarity not us sitting around these microphones <laughs> right 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 yeah but as a whole with, with society we're not at battle with society that that is not the enemy the enemy is is Satan yeah and that's who we need to be fighting against well and that brings up just a practical day-to-day -day point you know, reading social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, how many times do you see a Christian or even a pastor ugly, dogging out, fussing at another Christian and another pastor because they think different, because they did something? Do you not think that pushes away lost people from the gospel of Jesus? Oh, absolutely. 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 I mean, yeah. we have forgotten. What we've done is like this. It's like if you, if, if you know anything about taking a boat out on a large piece of water, the only, you know, it only takes a minuscule bit off that steering to get off course, and you are way off course by the end of the trip, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like having that compass for uh, navigation on a sea vessel. It's so important to know where true north is. It's so important to stay right on that line, that mark, and uh, you know we get our we get our eyes off of that so often. Distracted is a great word. I had a pastor friend uh, just post yesterday how he's getting off social media for the month of of uh, April because he's been so distracted by it over the last few months. You know, and uh, and it it just makes such a good sense because we forget 
that battle. We forget that day-to-day grind. Not only don't leave Jesus at the house, but the other side of the flip of it's more direct, and it's make sure that Jesus is leading you every step of the way. Make sure, Paul says it like this, that if you live in the Spirit, then stay in step with the Spirit. You know, and he actually is going right before you, and and you step right in in line with that. Um, You guys know I love to deer hunt, and one of the things I love to do is watch a particular group of deer come into a field or, you know, they're just moving around. And to see that young deer with the mother, the doe, uh, and they stay right, right with them. I mean, they're not far behind them at all. They're just right in their steps. And you can even afterwards, you could go look in the sand or in the dirt and you can see how close those steps were, you know, and it just reminds you about staying that close to God. And that's how we stay sharp. That's how we stay prepared for that battle. So I'm glad that you mentioned um, deer, yeah, because that transitions transitions us into sheep. Okay, we know that <laughs> uh, we know that David was a shepherd, and so he took care, he provided for, and he protected his sheep. So we know that in this story in First Samuel, David said, "God has delivered me from the bear and from the lion." God's going to deliver God's going to uh give me Goliath as well. No big deal. So, all right, let's just take I loved how in your sermon you took a um a look into like David's day-to-day life, what it would and specifically you looked at the slingshot, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I, I was like you where the I grew up uh doing a slingshot where you have to pull it back and let mm-hmm. it go, but you talked about, you know, the slingshot that he he twirls around above his head and then, or however that would look, and, right. then, and then shoots it at, 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 at uh, Goliath. But the, the, um, what I'd like to think about for a second is the fact that this was his day-to-day job. This was, this was what he did day in and day out was take care of the sheep. He was faithful to do what God has called him to do and what his job was. Probably most days were probably normal. But then there was a some days uh, every now and then where there was one day he had to kill a bear, another day to kill a lion, um, and God provided for him. Uh, but what about the um, the aspect of our daily walk, um, as far as just being faithful day to day, and then? through your day-to-day walk, um, God giving you confidence to continue moving forward. What do you guys think about, about kind of that idea? Well, I do know the Bible says that his word never comes back void. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I've always told my kids, you know, you can read your Bible and even if you're not really into it, his word does not return back to us void. Mm -hmm. So he has something to say to us every day we just need to be ready to listen to what he has to say and i also want to add that it's not just for adults we need to be training our children to also be in the word every single day it's our responsibility of parents to train them up into godliness yeah that's good that's good there's a the mental picture i'm afraid of being a shepherd kind of goes over 99 percent of us our head Right. right. Absolutely. Because we really, I mean, we've seen the VBS characters, <laughs> you know, dressed up in their headgear and their robes. 
and we've seen, you know, the deal, the church deal, right? We've seen the pictures on the cardstock and everything with, here's what it looks like. We, we might have even seen a video or a movie somewhere. But the real, reality is we, we don't really have a context for being a shepherd like David was a shepherd. I mean, David was sent to watch over his father's sheep, his livestock, his money, his fortune, okay? That was a serious job. It wasn't just some kid goofing off. And David wasn't by himself. There were other servants and helpers and shepherds and things like that around too as well. But the reality for the shepherd is you're everything for those sheep. You're the protector. You're, you're the, the defender. Um, you're the nurse. You're the, at times, mothering uh, you know, figure. Whatever it is, you're there to take care of those sheep. You know, that sheep gets lost. You remember the story of Moses going to find a lost sheep and he ran into the burning bush, right? So you can picture that um, idea of taking care of something, being a, you ready, steward over this. And that's what David was doing. That's this this day-to-day stewardship, which, y'all, just to be candid, we can all relate to that. Because God's given us all a task day to day to be a steward over this thing. And typically what happens is we get our eyes off of it and we whine and complain about whatever it is. And we fuss. And the reality is, man, to whom much is given, much is required. And wow, what an opportunity, though, we have to serve God, right? That's right. And David was focused on his mission, which was a great point that that you made. Um, sometimes for me, I tend to compartmentalize like worldly mission or worldly yeah. responsibilities and spiritual responsibilities. But I, I was just thinking as you were talking about how those are one and the same, like, like the things God's given to us to take care of in our lives or be responsible for. He wants us to do that in a kingdom way. Right. So if we ask ourselves the question, what is my mission? I mean, how do you how do you answer that? I mean, how do we how do we answer the question, what is my mission? Is it I mean, do I look at my past experience, my story, look at what God's given me right now, look at my talents, gifts and abilities? Um how do how do you guys how do we determine what my mission is today? Well, I, I was thinking while you were saying that, I have a real good friend who once told me, he said, you know, the difference between me and you is he goes, you hear God's voice and you do it. And I hear God's voice and say, catch you later. Mm-hmm. For most of us, we already know what our mission is. We know what God requires of us. He, we know what he wants us to do. He knows we know what our responsibility towards our family and our community and our church is. But most of us choose not to do that. We we hear his voice and say, I'll catch you later. Mm. And sometimes it's big things and sometimes it's small things. But, you know, Jesus is pretty clear. He said, go and make disciples of, of all nations. Yeah. I find, Greg, that we often use, use the word segment, Ricky. We, we segment our life. We put these different silos up or we put these walls up. We say, okay, this is this part of my life. This is this part. The real organized people in the church staff I always give them a hard time about this because 
Um, I, I'm much more of a free spirit. You guys know that. Not uh, you. Duh, right? <laughs> and uh, so I see it, you know, I guess, I, I guess it's just that right brain of me, you know, person that I am. Um, I see our whole life as a whole. And certainly there are areas that you have to be more responsible in finances or whatever, but you really want the, all, all of those things to be all of your life. Like you don't want to separate finances from prayer. Yeah. You you know, you don't, you don't want to separate that. You want to, you want to be all in together. So when David says he's on a mission, I mean, just think about that, you know, going in to take lunch to his brother's, and seeing the giant, and then his immediate response is, I'll do it. And it's because it's the same mentality that he's in the field, and the lion comes out to kill the, the sheep, and he's like, I got this. It's just being on mission. It's just doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it with what God's given you. As a lifestyle. Yeah, all the time. He's I mean, faithfully yeah. day in and day out doing right. his job. So that's why Goliath was no big deal. <laughs> and big and deal, as a deal. shepherd, he's always on his guard. Okay, and that's where we have to be. What the, You know, the scripture says, shrewd as a serpent, as gentle as a lamb. Like, we have to be on our guard. And when we're not, that's when we get off. That's when sin creeps in. That's when uh, the, the demonic principalities, if you will, pull us off task. That's where we get, you know... Off, off, true north. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Crossroads Conversations. May we continue this week aware and full of faith. God bless you, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>